This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is the Colorado Hunting Hub Podcast, where we cover hunting in the West, but mostly hunting in the destination state of Colorado. You'll find information that will help you plan, prepare, and motivate you for your hunt, but also keep you updated on happenings in the Western hunting world. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Colorado Hunting Hub. First, want to say again, thank you to all you listeners. I, If you've been listening for a while, you may realize that I've knocked it back down to one episode a week and trying to release in that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in there. And even though I've got less episodes out there, I'm still getting some growth out of my numbers. So that means I'm growing and I appreciate it very, very much. Just extending that reach and helping some other hunters out. And that's, again, the purpose of this podcast is just to to bridge that learning gap and to share what I love about the outdoors and that's hunting. So I don't really, I do not get paid to do this. I do this out of my own pocket. Uh, yeah, there's a couple little benefits of working with some companies. It's just fun. And I appreciate uh, the support from all of you to keep this rolling. I, I do need a couple of things from you and got some this morning, some good feedback on last episode I'm going to have my stinkers. I'm going to have my good ones. And I appreciate those that, that reach out and give me a little bit of that feedback and what you want to hear. I don't have all the time in the world, so my editing is not going to be top notch. Uh, but I'll try and keep that content right in the wheelhouse of something you're looking for. So I am going to look at some expansion options. So if you've got ideas, shoot them my way. I've got uh, a couple things in the works there. Uh, just that'll go pretty well unnoticed, but just trying to make sure I'm providing some good content for, for everyone. Also, I, I need some more, uh, folks to interview. 
So if uh, you got someone, you yourself want to jump on, uh, we need to get that, some of those scheduled and we'll, we'll uh, get rolling. When this episode drops, I'll be headed out or I'll be uh, almost headed out to go archery elk hunting because that's right around the corner next week. Going to check trail cameras on Sunday and I'm pumped. Can't wait to see what's on there and get to see kind of what's what's going in my area. So that'll be exciting. And this episode, I think, is perfectly timed for that exact thing that uh, we're about to all jump into, hunting season. If you caught my note from last episode, YouTube got me, uh, or Denmark has some listening issues with my uh, Blake Shelton more than 10 seconds of audio there. So I had to kick off a bunch of my episodes or all of them from YouTube and I'll start putting them on there and having some, uh, more legal audio, I guess. Whoopsie. Oh, well, there is a bunch of past episodes that you should go check out. If you're scrambling for gear, if you're scrambling for something, go check out some of those. There's some really good stuff. Go take, take a look. Big thanks to iHunt for letting me share their stuff there. Also, thanks to Big Agnes. Go check them out. They got some good camping equipment, and I'll put some posts up here soon of my setup here that I'm going to do in the yard and, and test out some equipment for them. Also, we're still running our Onyx giveaway. Links below. Get signed up there. And then Branded Bills has some good apparel and hats. I'm wearing a hat right now from them. And then Wilderness Athlete is also giving us some discounts. So check out those uh, coupon codes in the links below. But in the meantime, if you could scroll down, if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, go down, give me a subscribe and a five-star rating. That'd be helpful. And also, again, get in contact with me if you got some input, some feedback, something you want to hear. Uh, I'm just focused on getting in the field. So don't have uh, actually a ton scheduled i need to look at the next 10 episodes and what's what's we're gonna get rolling so i'm needing some feedback and and needing some of that but this one is a uh this episode we're doing is a hunter or a listener requested episode on hunter etiquette or i titled it not cool man so here's here's a couple of things that we got let me preface with the fact that what i'm sharing with you all are not my ideas, but instead your fellow hunters. I would gladly take the blame for any of these that you don't agree with, but I didn't want to do this episode with my ideas alone. Otherwise, I'd just be another idiot with an opinion. I've reached out to a bunch of different groups, different types of hunters, just to see what drives them nuts when they see this in the field. And this may be a little bit more specific to Western hunting, uh, different than hunting in the east where you got big grid system fields a lot more people in their vehicles that sort of thing so this is this is pretty specific to the the west but lots of overlap to you out there in michigan so pay attention one of the commonalities that i saw in all of the responses are that people want to feel that there's a sense of a wild place that they are in and they want to feel that they are the only ones that have ever been there or they're the only ones there. Obviously more times than not, someone else has been in that exact area at some point in time. It's just a nasty reminder to feel that trace or see that trace that someone is there. 
and while you're having that little moment, I have those all the time. Uh, just you're way back in and you wonder the history of the area, who's been there, what were they doing there? And when you find old timey traces, like an old cabin or an old, uh, you see a lot of like pinion juniper around here, just cut with ax. You can tell it's been cut with an ax, like way out there. There, There's not a fence there right now, so I don't know what they're cutting down. Maybe there's an old, old fence that ran through there at one point, but out in the middle of nowhere, just wondering what happened there, why it happened. So if you're interested in the history-related stuff, it's always kind of a fun, fun little thought as you're hiking around and seeing some of those old, old traces of people. Uh, never found an arrowhead or something like that, but that'd be kind of one of the pinnacle of finding an old trace of, of someone that was there before you. But the newer traces of people, not so fun. Some of the things I thought first that would ruin a hunt. What are those things? Uh, here's a list of three. Your vehicle has an issue or you have a gear issue. Those seem to always ruin a hunt. Or, yeah, I guess that is another one I'd, we can add in there. Not having things set up at home to be gone for a certain amount of time. If you don't have uh, clear communication with your spouse or work and you got to deal with that while you're in the field where you have to get out early, that sucks and it ruins a hunt. And you're always in that feeling of I'm in a rush. I have been in a rush my entire life. And when I'm out hunting, that rush ruins most of my hunts and it makes me a bad hunter. So if you can figure out how to just slow it down, those are my better hunts. And I love those hunts. And I had had some last year where it just was slowed down. I don't need to worry about work right now. I don't need to worry about what's going on at home. Something happens, they can, I got the inreach and they can get a hold of me. Uh, but for the most part, I just want to forget about that and focus on good hunting techniques. The other things that ruin hunts, weather, that's a given. But lastly, the things that ruin hunts, I think, are running into other hunters and having a negative interaction. The other guy is always the idiot. Ask anybody that's hunted ever and had a bad interaction. Uh, they're always the idiot. I have had a bad interaction with a person I didn't know while I was out trapping. Thanksgiving Day. I was checking some traps along a river, had some coon traps. I caught a couple fox there in the past, and there's a walking trail. It's a pretty uh, populated area, but I was down in some thick stuff where no one would ever see me, but I guess the guy did. Pretty wide creek, about 80 yards away. All of a sudden, I hear trappings for blank, uh, a total nasty term that uh or name for somebody and i'm not even going to leave reference to what it is what they were referencing to uh because it's completely unacceptable these days or any day so but that's the term i or the what i got called and i was just had my arm deep into a trap rebating i had no idea where that came from i had a bunch of willow in the way don't even know how they heard me, saw me, whatever, but they saw me and they found out what I was doing. So that interaction instantly, 
and my day and my sets were done for. I ended up having to pull those traps out because like, well, geez, I'm going to leave. That guy's going to go grab my traps, throw them in the river, and away they go. Or he's going to come trip them, do something. So that was done. And it was just right in the heart of the best time that I wanted to be trapping. So that was ruined. Uh, but what I did was I, I was pretty pretty kind to the guy. Um, I asked him to just keep on moving. I was within my legal rights. Uh, and he kept going on and on. And the funny thing is, is he said, uh, what if, what are you going to do if you catch somebody's cat or their dog? And I replied with a, well, I'm sir, I'm going to open the door and let it go. That's his ignorance. He had zero idea of what I was doing and how I was doing it. And in Colorado here, we got to use cage traps. Pretty easy for accidental catch to let it go. So, um, ended up catching a coon right there. And I asked him before I dispatched that, I said, sir, could you please keep on going? Uh, you're going to see something you're not going to want to see. And ended up dealing with that in front of him because he would not leave. So I had to, I had to get out of there. There's nothing else I could do. And he finally walked off. We could tell the girlfriend or mom or wife or whoever was with him was, uh, a little embarrassed. So, um, that he was creating this big stink, but it was a negative interaction that totally ruined my day. And that set that I didn't trap it since. Yeah. That was like four or five years ago. Haven't trapped it since. So he probably went on to tell a story about this idiot trapping along the river. And I proceed to go along my way and tell people about this idiot that's trap or that uh, called me names and, made me pick up my sets. So keep that in mind. It's a matter of perception. Who's on the other end? And there's another story uh, in those other pair of shoes. So just like my last episode about non-residents, there's always rotten eggs in every state. There's always rotten hunters. Most, however, are worth chatting with. So if you can keep that glass half full instead of half empty, kind of mindset, I think that would make us all a little bit happier hunters and have some of those little bit better interactions. We're too small of a community to be divided in that way. So I reached out to Backcountry Hunters and Gear Facebook group. There's some solid guys over there and gals. They're, uh, they're always up for discussion and, and give you a lot of positive, good stuff. Also got some I Hunt Colorado face, uh, Facebook group info and then also from a few buddies so here's what we came up with a couple of these that they shared were legal issues versus ethical legal is go read it in the book there may be a touch of little gray areas occasionally these are all pretty straightforward ethical can be a matter of perception a matter of your upbringing a matter of your geographical location even your culture, or even our local culture here in Colorado. There's certain things we're going to do here that are not okay in other states and vice versa. So keeping that in mind, I think is kind of important. Uh, just because a guy is is uh, hunting in a specific way doesn't make it wrong, but it's his style. And that's the way he's going to go about it. And as long as he's being kind and courteous around to... Uh, with everyone else around him, I think, I think, uh, we got to keep that in mind. So try and put yourself in another hunter's shoes. So number one, not cool kind of thing that P 
people reported to me. Don't knowingly hunt on top of another hunter. That was the number one response. I kind of tallied all the responses and that one was many, many times somebody said something and they would say, you see someone, avoid them. Or maybe you see them and have a conversation with them and who's there. Uh, if you have see a vehicle, don't hunt right behind them. If you know there is a kind of a one way in and one area to go to, you got to know there's someone else there. A buddy and I got up super early. He still hasn't killed his first elk, but we tried to get him one and we would have been on it. Uh, we cruised in on the four wheelers. They are directly behind us. We, uh, missed our stopping location, turned around, came back and they were there in that spot. Me and another grown dude, uh, versus a guy and his kid. We yielded to them and allowed them to go on. And actually the kid killed, killed a little four or five point below. So, uh, my buddy would have got his first elk, but we, uh, we let the kid do it, which was you'd rather any day of the week would rather have a kid, kid, you do that than, than yourself. So we felt good about that, but we were not going to hunt on top of them. We moved to a completely different area and made a last minute adjustment. So it's always good to have a plan A, B, and C. That's the plan for this weekend. Trying to have a plan A, B, and C for our backcountry hunt. I know that it's a good possibility some other hunters are going to be in there. And I'm not going to be in there a day early. I'm going to be in there the morning of, because that's what works out. And I don't know if someone else is going to have their camp set up. I don't know someone else's plan. I don't know how to get a hold of anyone that's in there or to make some plans, which would be great. But that big thing is hunting on top of other people. If you can avoid that and realize that it's not necessarily going to be beneficial for you to, to squeak on past them, but to allow the person that was there first to allow the person, uh, that maybe as a kid, go in there of some sort, handle that situation, how you want to sit, deal with it. But from your hunting peers, know that the biggest thing that grinds people's gears are hunting on top of another hunter. The next would be shooting. People are, have, have had some, I even got a story here, uh, issues with people shooting. And in a previous episode with Scott Hoyer, uh, he had mentioned that and he was the, the game warden in our area, that uh, they have less issues during archery season. I guess maybe more people are going to be taking some some nasty shots with, with their rifle, but uh, don't be shooting elk that are running at 1,500 yards. Know your target and what's behind it. And that's a legal thing, that once that bullet leaves your gun, you're responsible for it and whatever it hits. Uh, don't shoot me or my horse. That was a comment. <laughs> um duh <laughs> but it happens all the time people's livestock get shot there's a moose that gets shot so know your target and we've had uh, a story from paul here that wrote in to share his story about shooting ethics and more legalities but here it is i was stationed in northern north carolina in jacksonville for a few years of my time in the corpse in the core. Sorry. I got myself a tag, which there's crazy. If I remember right, it was a five deer 
a bear, and two gobblers that was good for the whole season. All that changed on what firearm you could use. Being from Colorado, this astounded me. I never heard of this kind of tag. Everything there was different. Antlers are counted by total points. Running dogs are allowed for deer, etc. I quickly found out that I was in a totally different world hunting than I was used to. The deer there were so small, small enough I could throw them over my shoulder without gutting them. Haha. <laughs> the deer were super jumpy. That made sense, seeming that they were always run by dogs. I found a piece of public land. It was considered a bear sanctuary, so deer were allowed to be hunted on that land. I had scouted it before and had pretty good layout of the land. This day is particular. I went before sunrise to the end of the dirt road, which a gate blocked the entrance for vehicles. I parked my pickup to the left to state my presence of the area I was hunting to the left. I found a good spot in some trees by a meadow. A couple hours later, I heard some hounds going crazy and they were headed my way. Within a few minutes, a buck ran out in front of me. I drew and in that moment, I heard a pickup hauling ass behind me in which they shot at that buck, missing and hitting the tree I was leaning against a foot or so above my head. I instantly stated my presence, even though I was fully legal in Hunter's Orange, to find out they were running the dogs on the whole strip I was. They apologized and said I didn't cross their minds seeing my truck. In the brink of the moment, they were just trying to get a deer. The conversation was cordial, even as pissed off as I was. Uh, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> and even though what they were doing was sounded legal based on the laws that are running dogs, people get in a hurry and make mistakes. And guy almost got killed. That would be uh, not a cool, cool thing to happen. And I know it has happened, so. There's an actual true story, and I know it's on the East Coast, but uh, similar things have happened here. The next and far lighter of the uh, conversations, maybe not. People got pretty worked up over this one. Uh, pooping. How people poop in the woods. Drove people nuts. There was a lot of comments on pooping. Not in a road. Nowhere to poop. Dispose of your paper bury it not on a trail you have to take care of that flip a rock <laughs> do what you need to do but make sure that that is not discoverable by someone else or their dog uh, i've actually heard of some disease being transferred because uh, so many dogs eating people's human feces along the some popular trails that's disgusting my dog eats his own poop and that's gross my dog eating someone else's, a human, human's feces, that's even worse. That grosses me out. So make sure you're dealing with your, your pooping scenario and people don't want to find that, see it, whatever. Cause when you got to go, you got to go. Uh, there's some varying things here. Pack your paper out. You pack out the, the wipes, all those sorts of things. I'm not going to get into that. But just know that that is an issue that, that people are seeing and be mindful of it. Look at your area when you're done. Are you littering? Are you leaving it so people can't tell what was just happening there? Are they going to stumble on it? Look at it in that way and see if they're going to be dis or more inconvenienced by what you just did. The next was a pretty big one as well. 
clean up after yourself. Leave it better than you found it. Pick up other people's garbage. I got a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh, and an eighth on this one. Uh, your trash drives people nuts. The flagging that you leave uh, when you're trailing a deer, that that's annoying people. Because, again, it's a trace that was left. But leaving that trace behind, uh, people think you can burn aluminum or beer cans or pop cans or whatever in your fire pit. That bothers me. Yeah, they kind of burn and smolder a little bit, but they, they're there for a long time. So not just there. There's plastic bottles all over, and I'm sure I've lost a couple of things along the way, but I've picked up a little bit more than what I've lost, I'm sure. So make sure that's you. Picking up a little bit more than what you, you're leaving behind. Trying to leave that better than you found it because it's driving people nuts. I've uh, seen something lately just in the last week about all the uh, balloons that people are finding where balloons go to die. It's kind of funny, but sad at the same time. I've ran into, I found balloons with notes on them, balloons in the middle of nowhere. Joey's wondered where those end up. Well, it's just in the middle of forest near our country. It's where they end up. Here's one that, uh, caught me i wouldn't have wrote down unless someone said it so i'm glad people shared it is your vehicle placement on trailheads and in the story we're heard that park in the direction you're hunting i can see some people arguing that we want to park over here i don't want people to know exactly where i'm at well if you don't want people to hunt on top of you maybe park in that direction you're hunting or maybe you as the second person there need to realize that people are doing that so that you know what direction they're hunting Take it for what it's worth. There's an idea uh, that may help. Your speed on the trails. Oh, my gosh. TJ, I don't know if you're listening, but uh, we could throw out a name right now of speed on the trails as an issue that almost ended up in a fist fight uh, because someone almost got hurt, and that was a bad deal. Just cruising in, and someone needed to beat us there. And we didn't. We would have gladly let them pass because we always go right side by side when we can, because the dirt and the dust, just the silt in this country is just, it's like flour. So getting that in your eyes and you get it everywhere. So trying to ride side by side and not eat the dust is, is kind of nice, but man, all of a sudden these lights were behind us and zipped around us and just about killed some of us. So, uh, that was a bad deal. Caught up with them. Uh, that was a multi-day deal because we saw them the next day. Yeah. Speed on the trails. You got to watch that. Go at a reasonable pace. Be courteous and be safe. Next on the list is your shooting ability. Practice. Too many hunters decide, I put three on paper, I'm good. I can hit a pie plate, I'm good. Go back and listen to our episode on shooting straight. Next is treat others the way, treat others the way you want to be treated. Next, keep your vehicle on the roads. As I was shed hunting this year, cruising into a spot, I was hiking, and here comes a side-by-side right at the bottom of the drainage, looking for antlers on the road while I had just hiked in three miles. So that sucked and annoyed me. But keep your vehicles on the roads. In western Colorado, your vehicle has some pretty big impacts on the landscape. So I've got a little plot of 10 acres. It's worthless land, got a cliff behind, it's sage pinion, dry desert, whatever. And I've driven my four-wheeler across, I don't have trails, it's just 10 acres. Uh, So I've driven my four-wheeler 
over to where I like to place my hundred or uh, 70 to hundred yard target driven three D's over there on my four wheeler. And I've looked on Google earth and you can see those tracks on there. They stay there and they don't go away very fast. So pay attention to that. You don't want to be leaving that impact. Next is uh, do your homework to find a good spot and keep it yours. Don't post that on social media just because you aren't going back. I could be a hypocrite for doing that. I did just post that I got a unit 93 tag. I just, the whole unit though, and that's where I'm going. And I wasn't really asking for help. I just was just kind of like, hey, I picked up a cool tag and pumped about it. Should be fun. I'm starting from scratch. So here's uh, um, here's what I'm going to do. That was my my approach to that. Not looking for any tricks of the trade or secrets there. And others should take note of that and try not to try not to just steal information. Uh, but go do your own homework. The next one is be apologetic if you screw up. Pride is a big thing for a lot of us that uh, uh, we do get in a little tussle. And if you're not apologetic and you don't try and right the wrong, it just becomes a bigger problem. I haven't been saying numbers, but this is number 12. It's public land. Everyone has a right to be there. Keep that in mind. Number 13, don't leave a hot smoldering fire. That one was more than once that I hear that. 14, don't tamper with trail cameras. Legally, you can't really do that. There's a whole lot of, I believe. Let me take that back. I'm going to just leave that one alone. Just don't tamper with people's trail cameras. Uh, I've heard all kinds of different things, seen polls about people saying, you run into a trail camera. Do you leave it alone? Do you take a funny picture? Do you take the card out and look at the pictures? Or do you steal it? (laughs) Obviously not the last one, but I'm not going to pick a thing there, but maybe the best thing to do would be to just leave it alone. Talk about that with your hunting buddies and maybe come up with your own camp plan there. Number 15, carving in trees. Uh, don't do that. Don't do that. It's just dumb. Number 16, conflicts between guides and do-it-yourself hunters. I haven't personally had that one, but I've heard about it. Interesting. So if you're a guide, realize that uh, they're just other hunters too and you're on public land and they deserve the right to be there. Same for the, with the guides. Same for the, the, the hunter. They have the legal right to be there. They're just getting paid to do it. Number 17, can't spook game. Even if you are a hunter and you're uh, okay with that, what's going on there, and you just want to spook the game because the other hunter's pissing you off, that's illegal. You can't do that. Number 18, if a guy brings you to a honey hole one year, don't assume you can go there without him and don't run your mouth to your friends of where you were at. That's a big one. Just talking about that the other day with uh, a friend, and he said that's happened multiple times to him. You're going on a limb and showing a buddy a spot because you want to want him to have a good opportunity, but don't take other people in there. Don't go in there by yourself. That's one of those big, big honey hole etiquette. Number nineteen: Don't bash out of staters and hunt out of state yourself. 
<laughs> That's funny. That was last week's episode. Number 20, don't block access with your vehicle. I don't think you can do that anyway. Number 21, lazy hunters screw up guys' hunts by pushing animals in road hunting. Uh, try not to be that guy. 22, complaining about other folks' hunting styles. Folks complain about other guys' bugles all the time. Elk sound weird. Even a crappy Primos Terminator can sound like an elk, and you can call them in. I've called in an elk with one of those. I've put my Terminator aside for now and got a better call, but it works. Don't be a jerk. Number 23. Don't look at someone through your rifle scope. Um, one of the guilty pleasures is Alaskan bush people. It's like a train wreck. You can't help but watch. That new season just started and my wife and I were watching and it's like, can't they just buy some binoculars? They got all these guns and they're always looking through their scopes, looking at stuff. They need a pair of binoculars. They never have binoculars and that's not a safe thing to do. Number 24, don't take your barking dog hunting. That was from somebody. I don't know the story there, but there must be one. Number 25, don't ask for permission and then bring a bunch of buddies. Meaning, don't ask to for permission to hunt a piece of property for yourself and then you bring five people. If you ask for permission, you need to be making sure that you are uh, telling them, hey, I'm asking for permission for my three buddies. So uh, keep that in mind. 26, don't mess with other guys' camps. guess there's a story there. 27, don't mess with guys' decoys, tree stands, all of that. Now, in Colorado, you have to pick your stand up and i have had a game warden tell me if it's there outside of that timeline when it's okay to not okay to be there then they actually say you can take it i've had a game warden tell me that so take that for what it is but um messing with other guys's stuff that's out in the field during the season not okay i'm about to go hike in some water Maybe our camp, there's going to be hundreds of dollars, probably thousands of dollars that I'm going to take in and I'm going to leave there. If anybody messes with that, man, I'd be pissed. Just leave it alone. And then lastly, don't get yourself in a pack out you can't handle. That's more of a legal thing. You're responsible for that. So as you go into the field this fall, keep in mind some of those big hunter etiquette, not cool man scenarios and try and be courteous and kind and cordial to your neighboring hunter because they're a small group and we need each other in the long run. So be safe, be kind, and apologize for your mistakes. Thanks for listening.